today, another brand wagon. Thanks for being here, everyone. As always, we have our live studio audience. Look at all of you. Where do we find you? Who are you? <laughs> we have our crew. Thanks for being here, crew. And we have an amazing show for you today. So we wanted to sit down with somebody who works with the biggest brands in the world. The household names. The Cokes. The Spotify's. The brands that you have heard of. And so we went to New York to interview Brendan Gall. Brendan Gall is the global chief head of content and the head of Universal McCann Studios. Now, Brendan has an enormously impressive resume, and now he can add award-winning film producer to that because he made a film for Johnson & Johnson, a documentary that premiered at Cannes. Can you believe that? The Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. And it actually won at Cannes, and it won at their advertising part as well. So very exciting interview for you. Because we sat down with Brendan in New York at Madison Avenue, where the big ad execs live, we thought we'd put together a special New York segment for you. Isn't that right? Yeah, that, that, well, that was the intention. That That's was the got. intention. The intention. What are, what are you telling me now? I, I, I want to shoot it on the camcorder, because we're yep. you know, walking around New York like mm-hmm, a tourist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But we hadn't used it in a while, so we thought it was rolling, but it was actually off. And when it was actually off, we thought it was rolling. That's not true. The industry term is you double punched, okay? So the old double punch. I double punched, the and double now punch. I'm rolling, and I thought I'm not rolling, and then I take it up to get the shot, and then I hit again, and now it stops recording. Buttons. Okay, so to be perfectly clear, yes. when we were out there and you had me out there doing crazy things in New York, yes. none of that we got. That's right. Well, we got the stuff in between <laughs> that. Well, I can't wait to see it. Let's roll that segment. Okay, all right, so we're gonna pan it up and then just say, here we are in the big city, and then like point over to the Empire State Building. All right. Chris O'Connor in. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Got it, yep, that was good. Yeah, that'll work. All right, hold on, take a, let me get a shot in front of this. All right, look look like you're ready to enjoy it. Here we go. Yeah, good. Got it, go ahead, thanks. I don't, I don't think this feels city enough. I mean, this looks like a park. I need, I need water before we do this. All right, we'll get you water. This will be good, Savage. Hold on. Let me, let me find a shot. Three, two, one. Yes, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Oh, it's uh, red. REC. Especially you know that. Rec. Oh, oh, it's okay. rolling. Yeah. Not red on the outside, though. Okay, no, I have the red light turned off on purpose. Where are we? We're gonna call. Is that where John Wick? That's, that's the John Wick building? Is it? Let's just go, let's do it. Oh, here we go, that's good. Now they're three. Have them come up the subway and then we'll just grab some like stock footage of subway cars as if you rode it. Yeah, 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 that's good. All right, Savage, come up. Got it. Bro, I'm gonna hang back and just grab like three waters. I feel like everyone's thirsty, we gotta stop. I'm fine. All right, on three, you're gonna say, here we are on Madison Avenue, the center of advertising. I'll zoom out on the sign, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. No, we gotta do it again. This is what we're gonna entertain our audience with? You're getting really upset about the audience. These are just our coworkers. They came oh, to a calendar invite. That's true. We do have a brand wagon update. Yes, we do. We can play Thank that God. for them. Yep. Okay, let's play that brand wagon update. take the brand wagon up to Michael. Um, I'm gonna swing by my dad's garage where I used to have my old video studio to see if I have any good old 
video equipment, kicking around in here, I think we have something. Alrighty, real quick. So Michael said that we're gonna need way more stuff than we think we do in order for him to like get creative and find ideas to put old video gear in the car. So I was hoping we just get that corporate card out, we buy as much stuff as we want on eBay. Try to be reasonable, but let's just search and like, I don't know, get a doc going and see what we can find. Oh, this is, this is good. I actually think I used this back in the day, the two job wheels. These VHS decks are like $300. There's gotta be a cheaper one because I know that he's thinking of just cutting it up and throwing it in the dash, right? Right. What do you think about this? It's a shuttle. Uh, not, it's not like a mouse, but it's just the wheel. All right, just give, give me the card. I'm gonna pull the trigger on this. Once our eBay shopping spree was done, it was time to bring the wagon over to Michael's studio. But look at this, it's so clean, it isn't it? It's so clean. Michael was so excited the second he saw the wagon. And once we started pulling all that old video gear out of the trunk, it became so clear that he's the perfect person to turn this 91 Volvo into the Wistia brand wagon. This brand wagon is coming together. And it's stick, which I'm excited to drive. It's been a few years, but... I think I could do it. <laughs> um, going to New York to sit down with Brendan was completely worth it. It was so fun and we learned so much. Brendan has the most traditional agency experience of anyone that we've sat down with. And he also works with the biggest brands in the world. He works with Coca-Cola, with Spotify, with Hulu, with GoPro, with the US Postal Service. And these brands have been around for a long time and for them to survive these brands must evolve. They must be constantly changing and constantly innovating. And so they are kind of doing things that no one else is doing. These big B2C brands, they are taking huge risks with their creative. They have figured out how to measure it. And Brendan is the guy they go to for the advice on how to do all of this. So sitting down with Brendan was like a glimpse into the future of where brand marketing is going. I learned a ton in this interview, and I know you will too. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us on Brandwagon. In your office, no less. Thank you so much. Try to keep it convenient for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so I'm from the B2B world. You know, Wistia is a B2B business. We have lots of B2B customers. You're from the B2C world. Mm -hmm. um, you work with some of the biggest brands in the world. Yeah. Um, some of the best brands. Tell me, what is what is your role here, and, and who are the companies that you work with? Yeah, thanks. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm super psyched to do this with you guys. Thanks for having me. Um, so Brendan Gall, I am the Global Chief Content Officer of UM uh, and the head of UM Studios. Uh, UM is a full-service media agency. Our promise to clients is to deliver better science that drives better art um, and ultimately better outcomes for them. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're able to work on what I believe to be some of the best brands in the world. You know, we work on Coca-Cola, Johnson and Johnson. Um, Spotify, Hershey's, BMW, Sony Pictures, um, 
and a, and a bunch more. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and I think we think about those, those brands in like two different ways, right? You have these like big icon brands um, like Amex and Coke and J&J. And then you've got um, these really awesome, what we think of as platform brands. And those are brands that, that actually have um, media ecosystems within them uh, and are kind of newer players. And those are brands like Spotify and Hulu and Zillow. And the thing that's so cool is like the, the platform brands are trying to be more iconic and the iconic brands are trying to be more nimble and cool and uh, relevant. So uh, we're able to take the learnings from both and, um, and I think, you know, create some pretty special work. So let's jump to 5B. Okay. So 5B is that where you were going That's anyway? where I'm going. Okay, that's where cool. we're going. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 5B is an incredible film. I just saw it. What's, what's the story of 5B? Thanks. Uh, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, we're super proud of it. So, so 5B is the story of uh, a group of nurses at San Francisco General Hospital that um, staged a, a mini revolt um, and took control of a ward there when they noticed that uh, in the early days of the HIV AIDS crisis, patients were not being um, cared for in, in the way that, that they, they thought they should. 5B, it's an incredible film um, that just won at Cannes. Yep. You won multiple awards at Cannes. We did, yeah. So um, it won uh, the Grand Prix for Entertainment at the Cannes Lions Festival of Creativity. Congratulations, um, that's thank insane. You, which is huge. And it's the first time that a media agency has won that award. Okay. Right? And when you think about the other two Grand Prix in entertainment that were awarded, it was um, the Nike work that featured Colin Kaepernick and uh, the Childish Gambino This Is America music video or for Grand Prix for entertain or yeah. Grand Prix for music and Grand Prix for, for um, sports respectively. So to create a piece of work that is held up at that um, that kind of stature and celebrated in that way, uh, it was really a, a, a proud moment and, and validation that uh, brand-funded content can um, not only play in those spaces, but also be accepted by audiences and industry. That's so. amazing and remarkable. And it does seem like this is the first example of this ever happening. Um, and the thing that's mind-blowing to me is that this came from a brief yep. that Johnson & Johnson put out there for ads? The team at Johnson & Johnson has been, um, for, for many, many, many years, have been uh, supportive of nurses and um, all frontline healthcare workers. Um, you know, when, when you think about um, people that have the power to change the trajectory of human health and human health care, it yeah. is those people. Um, uh, that's and, most of what your healthcare interaction is going to be, yeah. right? When you're in, if you're in the hospital for anything, you see the nurses all the time. Right. And the doctor comes in for a minute and checks and blah, 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 and they go back out, and then the nurses come back. Yeah. Like, that it, is the experience, right? Right. Yeah, certainly. You know, and, and by the way, like, not discounting the, the incredible work the doctors do Doctors either, are great. Of course, Love doctors, right? yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I so, so... Uh, let's put a, a pin in that for a second, yeah. right? Because we, you, you just the way that you just brought that story forward um, is exactly how we got to where where we we landed on this, right? Um, so J and J supported nurses and frontline healthcare workers for many years, and they, um, uh, you know, they do a lot of TV commercials and scholarships and like all kinds of activity around it. But we're, we're finding that the the perception of nurses as you know, innovative as um, groundbreaking um, 
really wasn't there, right? Yeah. Right? The doctor is the lead character yeah. in, you know, all those medical shows yeah. in most films that yeah. take place. place um, and the nurse is usually there as a bit of a foil, right? They're like a marginalized character. Yeah. They're not the people getting it done, which if you've experienced a nurse, like that's what they well, do. I'm, I'm thinking right? of both my kids being born yeah. and then being in the hospital and these nurses coming in and making an enormous impact yeah. on this incredibly stressful moment over and over and over. Right. And the doctor is basically like, vitals are good, things are good. Great, see ya. And right. we're like, how do we feed this baby? Yeah. What do we? How do we sleep? What do we do? <laughs> you know, and it's it's like the nurses that Im impact the experience so right. much. Right. You know. So so basically, if we looked at the media landscape and the way nurses are portrayed, we decided to reallocate some of the media dollars. Right. This is where it goes to. Okay. The benefit of having a large media budget is that you can shave some of that off, particularly yeah. as eyeballs are moving off non-ad-supported platforms and create a piece of content. Yeah. So we were able to, to take a small percentage off the media budget and use it to fund um, this film project. And the the kind of you know premise here was that if you know nurses are not being portrayed the way that we all know them to be yeah. in um, premium content, yeah. then we were going to start doing that. And we were going to commission a piece of premium original content that showed nurses at the center as, you know, as innovative heroes and as frontline healthcare workers that are changing the trajectory of human health, which is, is what Johnson & Johnson, um, their purpose is. So yeah, let me play that back a little bit. Yeah. I, this is a, I think a really I'm interesting- I'm getting jargony, huh? No, well, I think there's a, I think there's a really, <laughs> really interesting point here that I want to like, yeah. that you actually made to me last night and it hit home this thing. And I was like, wow, this is so simple, but people don't think about it like this, which is like, if nurses are not portrayed in a, in a way that is like heroic, yeah. There's no place, there's no content out there. So you can't advertise against the heroic nurse. Right. And tell people, like, you could be a heroic nurse too. Like, right. we need more nurses. Um, then you actually have to create that content. Like, yep. if, there, if it doesn't exist, the place where you want to advertise, in many cases, it may actually make sense to create the content itself yeah. for that audience. Yeah. And the reason why it's so exciting for me is I think about our customers B2B, a lot of them are B2B or they're small B2C. They're trying to figure out, you know, they have a niche product. We live in a world where it's thousands, millions of products. And it's like, how do I get my message out there? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if you're selling um, some really specific thing, let's say it's like, uh, um, I don't know, insurance for dentists. Mm -hmm. And like, you want to like try to figure out where all the dentists and how do I find them? There's some dental associations and stuff. But like, is there a show about dentists that you can like go right. with all the that doesn't exist like you may want to actually go and make content that's for that right. group right and in the world we live in you may be better off like actually building the audience with the content than like renting it because if you can't rent it right we all know the power of seeing someone like yourself in content yes right and it's no different than the way we're attacking problems around diversity yeah right if if we're not showing diverse uh, storylines and people from diverse backgrounds in content, then it it they can feel like they don't exist or they're not portrayed. And you also have this thing where there's no opportunity to reach them with the message that you're trying to reach. Yes, um, I think what you said about the the you know creating a show about dentists to reach dentists is absolutely in line with what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, um, and because of where we are with new digital ecosystems, 
uh, production efficiencies, you know, now like we can shoot shows on our iPhones, you know? Yeah. Um, and it has democratized that production process to a point where there it's now possible to show all kinds of things, um, not just things that, uh, not all kinds of storylines and people, not just the ones that, um, serve the kind of highest common denominator or yeah. highest target you get you you're it's possible to tell those those more niche or targeted stories yeah um because of the advances we've made in production and targeting yeah yeah this can be you know through johnson johnson or any brand but how does a brand know that they can do this like how does how 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 should someone think about evaluating that so if you are johnson johnson mm. and you're like trying to decide yes we can make a movie about um, the AIDS crisis and and the first nurses in in five B, yeah. the hospital ward in San Francisco that like responded to this. Yeah. Like, how do you know if you can do it? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I think that I think that it's part of that is about being savvy and being humble, right? Like you, there's some big brands out there that think they can do anything, right? And then they they put it out there and they get called on it. Yeah, you know. Um, it goes back to to you know purpose and point of view and knowing who you are as a brand. I, I think that there's serious work that needs to be done for brands um, to understand like what's their voice, what what makes this something that X brand wants to put in the world or has permission to put in the world, yep. right? Because when you think about when you stop thinking about like branded content, it's funny because there's like this two side thing, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. brand is so important, yeah, but. Once you understand brand and who you are and and what you you're clear on what you need to say, then you have to focus on audience, right? Because what you're trying to do is really reach an audience and move that audience. If we're creating content for an audience, we need to figure out where this brand has permission to be in that story. So I love that what you just said, and I feel like that is that I feel like when used properly, that is like when we see a brand doing great work, and improperly, like every brand that falls flat on their face, yeah, uh, is is basically trying to have a stake in a conversation they don't have permission to enter, right? And it's so interesting, I think, to think about those two pieces is like, all right, you know who you are and what you what your brand is, and then the audience you're trying to reach, and like how do you reach them in a way that is actually you have permission to do so, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've talked a lot about obviously big brands. What do you think small brands can take from this? It can be really overwhelming, right? Um, it can be really, really overwhelming. Um, and I think that there's some core things that I learned super early in my career that I still take with me today that I think can work for any brand at any size um, or any company at any size as they're trying to figure out what okay. their brand is, mm. right? Like, what does your brand? feel like like go through an exercise and like if your brand was a song what song would it be right if your brand if you walked into a space what does your brand smell like yeah you know what what you know what are the other touch points of the brand um and look like you may never play that song you may never have that fragrance but at least it starts to form in your mind what you are so that you're a more fully fully formed brand versus your competitor. Yeah. And then within that, once you have an understanding of like, okay, who you are, how would you express yourself to the world? 
then you can start to have conversations around like, okay, well, what are the forms of content? What are the, what's the purpose of this brand? And, and what's the point of view? What, what do we have to say, right? It's like, okay, we're going to go make that dental show. Well, what are we going to say in that dental show? Yeah. You know, what, what, what is it that we're trying to get across to people? Yeah. For someone who's not thinking about brand, those questions are going to help them understand like some of the values they already have. Yeah. And wh- one of the things I think about is it's kind of like, you have a brand, whether or not you want to, right? You have one. Uh, if you're not investing in it, you're not thinking about the experience. People know that. Like, right. if so, if you're not investing and think you should be, try to figure out how to. And if you are investing and you're following your instincts, um, try to find a way to, you know, really get to a, a simpler way of talking about a shared, a shared knowledge instead of words and things that can help you make decisions. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Brendan, thank you so much for letting us come to your space. Thanks. And have this conversation. It's been awesome to have you on Brandwagon. Thank you so much. Thank this you. has been very cool. Brendan Gall, he is the real deal, right? Wow. One of the biggest takeaways from me from this interview was this simple idea that if you're trying to put a message out into the world and you can't find a place where your audience is hanging out, maybe you should create that place. And if you're looking at your business and you're trying to figure out how to get your message out in the world, and there isn't a place where they're hanging out, there is an enormous opportunity if you can be the person or the company to create that community. Speaking of, if you'd like to join our community and follow along with Brandwagon, you can subscribe right here on the Swistia channel. <laughs> now, if you'd like the full interviews um, where we go into much greater depth with all of our guests, please check out the Brandwagon interviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else you are. It'll be there. <laughs> Thank you to Brendan Gall, thank you to the crew, and thank you to our live studio audience, and we will see you next time. There it is. Next time on Brandwagon, we sit down with Patrick Campbell from ProfitWell to hear how episodic video content has completely changed their marketing strategy. And the crew surprises Chris with some wild, furry, unexpected guests. Miller's in the stand.